0: Hi guys, this is another installment of the End of Cells podcast. I hope you're all keeping well. I'm delighted to be joined by our regular panellist, John. How are you, John?
1: I'm not too bad, Stephen. Thanks. Meet yourself.
0: I'm fine. Thanks for asking. And we're also delighted to have a newcomer again on the show and Anthony. How are you, Anthony?
2: Hi, Stephen. Hi, John. Uh, I'm all good. Thanks. How are yeah, you doing, no Anthony?
0: So if you, if you could uh, tell people a little bit about your Celtic connections or your Celtic background, Anthony, just whatever you want to say to the, the followers, you can crack on.
2: Yeah, absolutely, thanks. Um, so hi, everyone listening. Um, uh, my name's Anthony, and uh, like most most of the guys, um, Celtic's been, you know, just way of life since uh, so as long as I can remember, really. Um, first game was uh, in the mid-90s. Uh, um, it was a pre-season friendly um, against and Lisbon. I always remember, and if uh, my memory serves me right, I'm sure it was the grand opening of uh, what's now known as the Lisbon Lion Stand. Uh, you know, the stand behind the goals. And <laughs> I remember, I've still got the ticket. Still, still, got the program, and you know, been pretty lucky enough since then um, to you know got my season ticket and been able to see you know some. Pretty memorable nights and and days yeah. um, there, whether it be with my, my brother or um or you know, my dad and all the rest of the family and uh, my dad now myself and my my my, my wee boy he's kind of caught the bug for it as well so he loves <laughs> coming up. Fingers crossed. Um, hopefully we can get back to some sort of normality sooner rather than later, and uh, we can get back to back to heading along on a match day. Yeah, definitely. So,
0: all in all, Anthony, you're you're a hardcore Celtic man, which is great to see. So, we'll move on to the current topics that I've got (laughs) down here. And as we all know, the last couple of days as a Celtic fan has been quite disastrous. But we'll start with, before we go on to the main topic, which is the manager, we'll just dissect the game against Ross County, just a wee bit, and we'll see how we feel. How do you feel, John, about that performance against Ross County? What's stuck out for you the most, and what's your emotions from it?
1: Uh, Disappointed. Um. I mean I, 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 I was going to say, unfortunately, but fortunately, uh, I didn't get to see the game originally because I was helping my sister with a couple of things. But we well, were listening on the radio, uh, and I wasn't liking what I was hearing. Um, I did catch up with the game after, um, and 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 try to watch it. But when you're going through, you know what the, you know the result that's coming, and you're trying to watch the game. I think it just makes it <laughs> a wee bit harder to take in because you know exactly where we are, and you know that there's nothing coming yet. Um, but I just thought it was a poor performance overall uh, across the board.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's 100% correct. What, what I took away from it was the fact it's the same errors we make all the time. We play less pretty football in front of the defence and the commentators are saying, sadly, like you're dominating the ball. But in reality, we're doing nothing with it. It's kind of false. It's, it's just in front. We're playing five centre midfielders. There's no width. In terms of the game, Anthony, we'll go to the first half first. We did start off all right, I would say we passed the ball about. But what did you take away from the game? What's your emotions?
2: Uh, You know, know, I feel a bit of a jinx. I'm the first guy to come on after a defeat uh, for this podcast. So, yeah, and the (laughs) build-up coming on, Stephen, and I did try and do a list of, you know, try and find a bit of balance, do some positives and negatives. And genuinely, the only thing um, that I got in the positive column was that yeah, we dominated possession, which is what you do nine times out of ten, anyway. Uh, but what the pro- big problem is is it proved yet again on on Sunday. It's all very well having the ball, you know, dominating possession. But you have got to do something with it. Um, <laughs> and it, 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 it uh, we've seen this play out time and time again this season. It just basically teams are happy for us to have the ball in the middle of the park because they're they're, they're not fearful of anything, you know effective happening up the top we're, we're playing with absolutely zero confidence and there's just a, a, a real general malaise in the play um and yeah uh, as i say the first half if, if we're looking at it, it the first half was better and you know definitely created better chances um for ourselves in, in the first half and we really you know christy scores the goal um, for five yards out, we're going to be having a different conversation. But, um, yeah, it's, um, it's something we've just become very used to uh, this season, unfortunately.
0: In, in terms of what you just said, Anthony, which you brought up Christy, but we'll get on to him soon because I've got a, a thing I want to say about him that might be unpopular, but I think I need to say it. But right before the, the actual game started, they <laughs> had Yogi Hughes coming out, John Hughes, telling BBC Sport and Sky Sports his tactics to play against Celtic and right down to t, his tactics were spat on the confidence of John Hughes to actually speak about them and tell tell the people what he's going to do I mean you you have Nate Lennon coming out and he's just saying things like oh we're looking to dominate the ball and create chances I mean it's a bit downheartening that we don't even know what your team's meant to be doing what did you think about that when John Hughes came out did you think that was just the confidence that no one's afraid of Celtic no more John?
1: Definitely I don't think teams fear us at all this season Um. And for him to come out uh, prior to the game and just sort of lay out exactly what he's going to do. I mean, fair play. Uh, Yogi, since he's took over, I I mean, Ross Coyne have done really well the past few games. Um, Mm -hmm. Granted, they're still bottom of the the table uh, side uh, and we're fighting relegation. So you're looking at it and you're thinking after the run of games we've had, uh, we're going to get a result here and just keep that momentum going. But as soon as I seen Lennon's team, um, I, I instantly started questioning things you've got three strikers on the bench mm-hmm. and you're starting a midfielder up top right off the bat
0: It's it, it just beggars belief I mean, Christy <clears throat> in all fairness to him, I think it was the last game we did the podcast on, he played that wonderful ball, the Edward across the front post and he scored but Christy to me, he's not a striker because you've got Turnbull, you've got uh, Christie, you've got Rods. they're all wanting to come to feet so there's no in behind. And you know yourself, Edward doesn't really run in behind. He likes the ball to feed as well. Um, Anthony, I'd be, I'd be interested to hear your opinion. So the way John Hugh said at the start of the game about his tactics, and if you're Neil Lennon on the dugout and you're sitting and you're watching this in the first half and you're going to yourself, he said what he's going to do. What can I do to counteract it? Do you think, from your point of view, that Neil Lennon, he just doesn't have any ideas? I mean, they were quite bog-standard tactics that Ross County played against, against us and they won the game.
2: Yeah, I mean I mean it's 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 he's not the first lower league or, or you know lower down the league um manager to to hover cards marked this this season, uh, Stephen and, and I would even look at um you know although we you know won the cup um in December, I thought Robbie Nielsen had um Lenny tactically sussed for the second half onwards at least. Um it just seems to be that the minute something even Nearly goes wrong, or that a goal's nearly conceded. The, our entire system, and um, for me, it just goes. Oh, uh, everything goes completely wrong. That the team seems to, you know, and um, it's it's so frustrating seeing that you know we we all seem to be able to see it quite clearly, and yet the the manager and coaching staff who are paid handsomely to do it seem to be. Seem to be unable to it, and even Lenny, you know, we'll get on to possibly letting let, 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 we'll no up further Neil later on. But the fact that even at the end of the game, when he admitted the mistakes that were being made, when so how do you fix it? Um, he shrugged his shoulders and said, I don't know. So it's like if <laughs> you know, so it's you, you really have to say, Well, that in I, itself is a sign of somebody who needs say, to go, you don't know if you're going to fix it, and then on the other hand, say that. You feel you're the, the right guy to turn this around in the summer. It's just, it's, it really is, um, it's soul destroying, actually, quite good, to, to be quite honest. Um, as I say, we will probably, or any of the other uh, guys that are on, we'll probably be having a similar chat, uh, possibly a few times between now and the end of the season, because it's just, the rot is well and truly set in. Just a few said there,
1: sorry, Stephen, uh, Anthony, what you were mentioning there about. Uh, his comments about when he asked about how we fix it and i'm I'm just flat out admitting he doesn't know that is a sign in itself for me that he's not the man for the job and i mean you, you can't turn around and say that you don't know how to fix it and then turn around and say that you've got plans to rebuild in the summer because then you, you must have an idea on how to fix it in order to rebuild you need to know you need to have a direction you're going in you need to have plans in place this Celtic team this season has been fresh out of ideas for me and it's been the same old story time after time. I have maybe got results in the past few games, but we're scraping results in some cases. And watching the team, there's nothing new, there's nothing fresh. It's the same, and this is this goes back why the likes of John Hughes can come out and say, this is how we're going to play against Celtic because every team knows exactly how we're going to play, play football and they plan for it. And it's it's obvious when you watch the team, and this goes back to things that you've said as well. Stephen. we we play far too much of a passing game uh, in front of the defence. There's no what Turnbull done uh, in the other game. They aren't really taking a shot about 25 yards out. We need to see more of that. We need to see players taking chances, mere risks in terms of just taking shots at goal. Try and draw their defence out because um, if they start seeing a Celtic team taking shots at like that fair range. Um, rather than try to pass it into the box, work it into the box, then it it might draw their players out because they all sit behind the box. They all they all l- let us press them high. We dominate possession, but we don't do nothing with it because they just defend. And yeah, our, our final balls in the final further are shocking.
0: And well, what I was what I was going to say as well, John. If if you if you move to the their goal, I mean, it's another <laughs> symptom of what you said, Neil Lennon. Admit it, he can't fix, and he doesn't know how to fix it, which is mind-boggling to be a manager and say that. You get the, the ball getting crossed in, and your man Jordan White is on the smallest player, and he bangs it in. The centre-halves are way over the front post again. It was quite similar to the other goal we discussed in the podcast, where the centre-halves get dragged out, and they leave the smallest guy on them, um, against uh, Livingston, if, if memory serves me right. But in, in terms of that goal, you're looking at that goal, and what does the coaching staff do on the training ground? You, there was points in that second half where Neil Lennon was literally just watching your man's iPad, Gavin Strachan's iPad, and you're going to yourself, what is going on? What is going on with our club that our manager can just sit and have the audacity to look at an iPad and magically get the performance out of that? It's, it's a shambles. And in the goal as well, Anthony, I'll go to you, you for this. What did you think in terms of the build-up to that goal? Did you just think it was going to come and it was just a symptom of our season?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it, you, you could feel it coming. The, the more chances um, that were going astray, Stephen, and you know, yeah, I, 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 I just let out a sigh, you know, when it, when it when it went. And it's the it's the same problem every time. It's silly, silly fouls being given away, and and then not defending them properly. But what what sort of scares me even more is if you know this doesn't seem to be something that um, that's came along that Neil's it's just started happening in his managerial career. If there's actually um a clip on YouTube of him as Bolton manager, and it's pretty much the same interview as he gave on Sunday night. He's just wearing a Bolton um training top. And uh, you know, you know, Lambaston not defending set plays and they were it, it, it seems to have something that's happened since he took over at Bolton. And uh I work in Edinburgh and you know I've got quite a lot of you know colleagues that are Hibs fans. Um, and obviously, you know football's part of the, the conversation, and they all say the same thing. They're like, uh, it used to be the, the biggest bugbear. Um, when when he was manager at Easter Road as well, it was you know they were usually defensively quite sound under Stubbs, and then you know the, then this the sort of pattern of losing sloppy goals for set plays came in. So it it doesn't even necessarily seem to be the personnel. It seems to it almost. Points that it's actually perhaps something that you know Lennon you Neil know, actually brings with him, and um, it, you, you're you're terrified every time you give a free kick away now because, like you say, the defenders they, they seem they seem panicked whenever a ball goes in the box. I can't trust any three of the goalkeepers. It doesn't matter what <laughs> ones they always seem. You know they, 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 they all they're all quite tall guys. You know they're all you know good six foot one, six foot two, but. You see me lose a foot when they're jumping across, and you know <laughs> a lack of trust from the defence with the goalkeeper, or or vice versa. But we're just completely at sixes and sevens every time a ball's flung in a box, via set play or open play, and it, yeah. it really no. shines a light on how how big a uh, overhaul we're going to have to have defensively in the summer.
0: Yeah, no, in, in terms of that as well. I throw it to you, John. Did you think that goal was coming? Did you just feel oh, this is going to happen again, and then? We'll do the same old. We'll throw on all the, the the players that we can to to go forward, and it doesn't happen. It doesn't work because there's no plan. There's no plan B. What was your emotion when that went in? Because when it went in for me, I just I didn't even react. That's the truth because it's what you come to expect now, especially in this season.
1: Yeah. No, I was I was in a similar boat. Obviously, I was gutted that we've conceded yet again for another set piece. Um, and it, but like you says, uh. At any point now, when teams uh, attacking us and they're in those positions, either be a corner or a free kick uh, where they can float the ball into the box, I have absolutely no confidence. Uh, and, I, and I just think to myself, it could go either way. It's like we're either going to, and, and it's sad that I'm even saying it, but it's like if, if if we manage to get a clearance from a defensive standpoint in one of those situations, I'm thinking, oh that we're, we're lucky there. And that that in itself is telling. And I I just I wasn't necessarily surprised because. It doesn't matter how much we dominate possession. It doesn't matter how much we control a game. Any team new we're playing against, be it at home or away, has the potential to score, eh, especially when it comes to set pieces like that. Because like Anthony was saying, we just, we've got so many issues, it seems, defensively. The players look panicked. They don't seem to know what to be doing. Their positioning seems off. And it's just it's strange, very strange, when you see yeah. that... I mean, granted, I... um we've, I mean, other than I think Ayers' only real mainstay uh, if a few seasons past. Uh, Taylor's relatively new in. Obviously, he get injured. Um, Kenny's new in. Uh, we've had to pull Wilson uh, to cover because Duffy's been useless. But it makes you ask questions about why, what decisions were made at the start of the season, like why yeah. did we let the like say Simonovic go? Why did we let Hayes go? And these these are players that I think could have still played a role for us this year. Um, especially when you look at the issues we had uh, we lost Bolingoli through all that nonsense at the start of the season um, we could have had Hayes in that position uh, as we've seen him play numerous times Simonevic I know he, he had these problems with injuries but he was a solid defender and you could rely on him mm-hmm. And these are the kind of players that you you must be looking at at the start of the year going it's maybe worth keeping them on his backup, when because then when you lose them you end up with nothing as we've seen.
0: Yeah. You're, you're 100% right, because the, way, the lack of forward planning this season has been absolutely abysmal, because, as you said, Simonovic, for all his niggly injuries, when he played, he was solid. He gave you everything. He busted into tackles. He had of balls, He was strong. He was commanding. And then you fast-forward on the nine and you've got Gian Duffy, who goes for head of balls, but he misses them. He, he jumps and he misses. He hits his own players, and it's like, what is going on? This guy played in the Premier League. And then, when you fast-forward from that goal, that Ross County actually scored against, against us onto the post-mass interviews. Not only did Lennon storm out of an interview again, but he's again insisting that he can rebuild, that he's done it before, that he's done this, he's done that. All this, all this success that he's built, that he thinks in, in his head is his own. Anthony, in your opinion, that Lennon for me should have been sacked long ago, but against Ross County, that should have been it. It should have been it. What do you think?
2: Um, I think... The first defeat this season—I can't believe we're even saying that. I think the first defeat to Ross County this season should have been Curtin's, uh forum, Stephen. Um, like you say, it, it's 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 gone on way too long, and I know we'll we'll touch on the the board later. Um, but it's it's, you know, the, the Neil. You know, he'll always be well loved with the support, but you know, at this moment in time, he shouldn't be manager of the Celtic. Um, he's, he's press conferences at the moment just seem completely at odds with reality. He's he's watching a different game to, to than the rest of years, I think. I mean not easy, going back to the on, on Sunday night, um you know, the the saying that he doesn't know how to fix it and stuff, um, that was maybe, you know, for the heart and and, and honest. But it was more actually what he said in the 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 press conference before the game that that really sort of terrified me most because he he basically said in a quote that he, he doesn't actually think this season's been the unmitigated disaster that some people are making it out to be. And I'm sitting there, uh, you know, l- listening to him say this and you go, well, you know, if, if, if this doesn't constitute a disastrous season, then, then what would? Uh, you know, a tighter defence of the Betfred Cup went out of the first hurdle to county at home. We... You know, played with no striker and lost at home in the, the Champions League qualifier, the, se- the second Champions League qualifier. Uh, and I think, if memory serves me right, I've read that our entire Europa League performance was one of the worst in history. I think so it's certainly in the bottom five worst Europa League perfor- um, you know, in terms of goals against points total. And, you know, essentially, let's be honest although we always had a vote, but. Our, 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 you know, quest for this ten was over before we were saying Happy New Year to one another. So if, if that doesn't in his head constitute a disastrous season, then it it really does terrify me to think what does, you know, um yeah. you know, he'll always he'll always be he'll always be a legend for what he achieved as a player and and for what he's what he has the the, the success that he has had in the dugout and how he'll always you know and you know, all the, the threats that he's overcame and, and, and faced up to and he's always stuck up for himself, but the times definitely came, it, and it, it came a long, long time ago, but this, he the, has to go in the summer, but at the yeah. very latest.
0: I, I mean, ah, completely. Is, is, is the Celtic board expecting Celtic fans to put their hands in their pockets for £600 for a season ticket to be served up utter garbage on the pits? Because, as you said, Lennon before that match had the audacity to come out and say, this is not an unmitigated disaster that people think it is. And as you said, it frightens the hell out of me what he thinks is. And I, I get that we've won nine in a row and four quadruple travels, but you do not dwell on the past. At Celtic Football Club, you need to keep moving forward. There was a banner the Green Brigade put up two seasons ago now saying don't fall asleep at the wheel. And what has the board done? They've crashed into a tree. They've tried to revive it and crashed the game. It's an utter shambles. It's a joke. And in terms of and John, and his interviews and it, it just looks cocky to me all the time now. It just looks like he doesn't care and things he's saying. It's just coming out of his mouth. He doesn't know what it means. What, what do you think, John, in terms of his mannerisms, the way he gets on now during games? And give me your opinion on
1: that. I mean, he I, I, just doesn't sound like he knows what he's, what he's doing. Uh, and again, that's, that, I mean, that's evident in the things that he said. Uh, like Anthony says, when, he, when he, it, it's frightening that. He thinks that this isn't be a bad season. Um, it's frightening that he's coming out and he's saying he, he knows about issues we've got and he doesn't know how to fix it. It's frightening that he's pinning blame on players and he's singling players out um, when that should th- certain things should be kept in house. If you feel that way about a certain individual, keep that in house. Speak to them. But he's releasing all this stuff publicly. It it almost seems at this point where he knows the Celtic fans are on his back and he's trolling them. We yeah. know he likes a wind up. We know he's done it with Rangers fans and other teams uh, historically. But he actually seems to me like he's, he's 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 purposely trying to wind Celtic fans up at this point. Coming yeah. out with saying, "Oh, I'm planning for the future next season and, and and years after that," it and like I just don't get it. I don't get it at all. Like like we've said numerous times now as well. We'll always love and respect Lennon for the career he's had at Celtic as a player. Uh, and a manager and what he brought us uh, he'll always be respected uh, for what he's given the club and the stuff and that he's had to endure as a player and a manager here and the vile abuse uh, that he's had to deal with um, but yeah. again that aside and I, I, I'll, I keep saying this there's no individual bigger than the club and he needs to see that and yeah. if if he cared enough he would he hold his hands up he would say I, I don't know what I'm doing at this point I don't know how to fix it it's time for something to change and he would walk, leave with some
0: so, dignity. You're, you're 100% correct. Because what, another thing that bugged me as well, Anthony, I, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but one of the first things he said to the, the reporter who asked him, What did you think of that game? He, he said, it brought, a, it brought an end to a win and run. A win and run of five games. The Livingston manager had a better run at one point, David Martindale, and you don't see them celebrating about it. you know what I mean? It's, it's almost like he wins the game, he chalks up, he goes to the boardroom and says, Look, I can still do it. I said that last week, but it applies now because it's like, why is he getting treated in such a holy grail? I respect that you and John have said his career and stuff and his accolades and all the threats he's overcome. But a true Celtic man, a Celtic man at heart, would be like, look, this is wrong. I'll walk away, which he did say, by the way, um, last year. If it went wrong, he would walk away. What, what do you think, Anthony?
2: Well, uh, you're you're you absolutely banging the money, and you, you even look back to when he, he, he took over the when he you know answered the call as 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 it uh, saying when Stephen when Brendan um went off to to Leicester, the the first words to come out of his mouth at his press conference was the club comes first. That that that, that was his that was his ringing and door, You know he was packed up ready to go off for a, a holiday and got the call for for um the board the club comes first. And, you know, it's seen for, and, likely, and you, also, you absolutely bang on the money there as well, saying, you know, he, he would walk away if things were getting, you know, out, out, out with his control. I must admit that it, what we're seeing now and, and how it's went to ashes, this was what I was always worried about, you Neil know, getting the job on a permanent deal second time round. Um I, and I and I thought I was getting made to eat my words last season, and nobody would even happier to eat their words than me. But I just felt that after securing the, the you know, he, he got a lovely send off at Parkhead when we lifted the league against Hearts. You know, the, uh-huh. the 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 guy on the, the the announcer um says, you know, he answered the call, and it almost did seem like a farewell, and you know, it was going to be his last at Parkhead. And obviously yeah. the week later, you know, it, it, it's you know, what a way to go off into the sunset. You've you've came, you've answered the call, you've steered the ship out of you know bad waters and you're leaving with a treble treble to your name. You're your legend secured it wouldn't be a case of it should does he deserve a stat? You would probably be debating what side the park that was going to be getting and, and 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 now it's 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 really it's gutting to, to see it happen, but at the same point you're like Come on, man! You, you, when you, the night of the, the Ross County game when we lost in the cup, even Alan Stubbs, who was on Celtic, you know, that Celtic and the House Media Channel were, were almost, you know, they were on their mouths out saying they were trying to dance around the subject, but struggling to because they sure something's going to happen tonight. And uh, and and yet here we are, three months later, another defeat to County, ten steps further back to where we were. Yeah. <laughs> No, you're, you're right. And John, as
0: well, see see as well with the, the whole Lenny, the, the bagel, and him saying all that kind of thing, they're like planning for the future, and it almost like he's winding up the fans. Do you think, and I heard this point today, and it really stuck in my mind, I couldn't wait to say it tonight, do you think that he's been assured by someone? Even, it could be the incoming CEO that he's going to be there next season for the rebuild, because he seems confident.
1: Yeah, I mean, these, remember the minutes that came out for this year, I've still not seen them in full yet, but Uh, Anthony, I think it was you that pointed it out to me. Um, You're probably a bit more uh, better pressed to to touch on this than I am, but there's, there's, uh, at least it seems to point that he is going to be there next year, and that's worrying. Extremely worrying. But I, I feel, I don't think he has been assured. I can't see it. I don't know why he would be assured when we've got a change of CEO coming in. I don't know why he would be assured given the performances we've had this season. I don't know why he would be given any sort of guarantees in that case when the, the board and everybody within that club know exactly how the, the, the Celtic support feel at the minute. And to come out and say something like that at this point in such a bad season, uh, if that is the case, then it just shows the complete disconnect between the board and the fans. And that in itself is, is shocking. Um, and it just goes back. They, they are that. That's the board have. they failed the Celtic support at this point, and the fact they're not taking any action or making any changes, which we can all see are are required. We need something fresh at Celtic at the minute, and I just don't. It, it, it's it's so weird to sort of be sitting here discussing it when this is a ten-year-old year. Yeah. And another thing, I just yeah. want to say this as well. Um, obviously Rangers have been playing really well this year uh, you, you could debate that they've maybe had a helping hand in some cases with decisions uh, in their favour so to speak but if we had lost this year and we lost to 10 by actually putting up a fight I could accept it Yeah. but we've handed them it on a, a plate and it, 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 we've, it, it, I, it we're just it's night and day for the, the team last season and it's I, I just it, it's, it makes it even all the mere disappointing uh, the fact that knew they're they're running away with the league, they could potentially win it next month, which is yeah. sickening. And it's, it, I mean, that in itself it should be a sign that Lennon needs to go. Rangers winning the league stopping the ten in February. Come on. <laughs> I, th-
0: I mean, for me, I've I've been supporting Celtic now probably about twenty two years and twenty six. But obviously, you can't count the first years of your life. You can't remember much, but. The, the way I feel at the moment is the most disconnected I felt from Celtic. Even watching that game with Magranda, I felt I, I, it's past anger for me. And a lot of people are saying that. I want to know your opinion. I'll give it to you, Anthony, first. And then, John, I want you to come in with yours as well. Is this, in your your Celtic supporting life, is this the, the most disconnected you felt with the club and the board?
2: Uh, 100% Stephen. Um. I'm, I mean, I'm. I would be one of the ones that would probably get classed as, you know, the the spoiled generation. You know, I started going to games just the mid '90s, just around the, you know, the the Tommy Burns era. Then into Janssen. we obviously had the disaster under Barnes and 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 King Kenny, but after that, give or take one or two nightmare seasons, I've only really known um, success. Um, but I've always, I've, I've never, I've never felt any kind of connection with it with the people that run the club. Um that's maybe for another episode. But um I just, but in terms of disconnect, yeah, I a hundred percent. I don't think I'm the only one, to be fair. I think the people that run Celtic are always going to have their their fierce supporters and their fierce critics. Um and a lot of people in the in the middle that just sort of you know the, the Saturday at three o'clock's all that matters, you know? Um but I I do really sense I disconnect I mean, it's maybe amplified. We're all in our houses, and we can't we can't go anywhere. And we can't vent our fury in the, the, the having a pint before the game, and it's maybe yeah. you know getting amplified on on social media. But I, I there's just nothing that it, it, it excites me. Then I or or you know I'm maybe a bit of a hypocrite when the renewal forum comes in, I'll be signing it. <laughs> straight as. But you know, um, I I, I can I understand why a lot of people wouldn't. The one thing I would say about that, that maybe does um that I, that I hope brings about the, the overhaul is is the fact that um Dominic McKay's coming from from Murrayfield. Um and as I said, I'm, I'm not a rugby fan or an expert on it by any means, but you know, he's been there I think it's four or five years and you know, I think even Stevie Wonder could see the improvements made in the by the Scotland <laughs> team in the last five years, you know. Um, you know, we we can we can see that I mean, I don't know. He, apparently, he was quite happy wielding the axe when he first came in. As I say, I don't know who came out, who came in, who went where, or, or whatever. But he, he did seem to have a, a, you know, people I work with that are, are you know, more um, rugby orientated have said that he's made a lot of improvements for the grassroots up. And um, so, if if this is the kind of guy that we're we're getting, then that that does kind of fill me with a bit of hope that when he does walk in. Um, he's going to you know there's going to be a lot of changes and um, you know we're going to get dragged kicking and screaming into the 21st century hopefully oh, well, you yeah, you're uh,
0: something right. go ahead uh,
1: just, sorry just to touch on what you say about Dominic McKay as well I've heard the same in regards to the, the obviously the Scottish rugby set up and you can see uh, the improvements on me though, over the past few years um, but this is a man as well who first and foremost uh, is a businessman, he obviously knows his job uh, and he's successful at it but He's a Celtic fan, he's a season ticket holder himself. And I'm sure as a fan, he's coming into the club seeing the same things we are as fans, or at least on Hope Mayors. Um and that he's going to bring in the necessary changes to like Anthony says to Dragas uh, kicking and screaming because it we it needs it. And the the current setup at the minute is stale and there's nothing it just needs a complete overhaul for me.
0: Yeah. In terms of the disconnect, John, how do you feel about that? Is it it the most you've been disconnected from the the Celtic and the board?
1: Definitely. Um, I mean, I think the majority of Celtic fans feel the same. Um, You'll hear a lot of people that are older than us. I mean, you're you're looking at guys now uh, in their mid-40s to 50s who keep bringing up all the 90s and But I think for most of the current generation of Celtic fans, they were too young to remember it or fully understand what was happening um, and they can only really go off what they know and what they've experienced. And so it keeps getting brought up or the, the 90s was worse, oh, I, I, I get it. Uh, the club almost went into administration but we were saved thankfully, um, We heard there was obviously the Rangers nine in a row years were, um, as well which would have been a nightmare but we need to stop looking at the past and yes focus on what's happening now and right now the yeah. the i think the disconnect between the celtic board and the fans is it's so evident and it's clear as day and, and the people that can't see it unfortunately need to get their heads out of the past and look at what's going yeah. on now stop comparing it to something that's happened 20 years ago yeah. 30 years ago i mean do you know what i mean it's I, it's like we need to focus on the now and the future and as it stands at the minute it's it's a, it's a mess and it needs to be affected. Yeah,
0: the, the way I look at it, John, as well, you made, uh, made a good point, sir. W- what I would say as well, look how easy it is for me, you, and Anthony to put a message out there, a wee podcast. How hard is that for something to do? How hard is it to make a video of telling their plans for the next five years? I mean, they have uh, all the equipment, they have everything they need to put a video out to the fans, and they're just neglecting their duties. But now, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up McKay, um, because obviously we're, t- we're going to talk about the board and ability to make decisions. Do you think, coming from that rugby background, as you said, he he was happy enough sacking the people who were doing their job. If I was McKay, I'd be sitting in my room right now, writing down names who's not going to be there next season, and there'll be all the coaching staff. I'll be everything cleared out, be starting from scratch again. Do you think Anthony, that's what's needed? A complete root, root change.
2: Yeah, sure, <laughs> short, short answer, Even yeah, I mean, <laughs> bit, I think a list of people that I wouldn't want there next year. You know, that'd be that'd be a pretty long list. Um, yeah. I mean people maybe on the other side of the argument would, would then be able to criticize me, going okay well what you know who 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 do you bring in and you know things like that and you know that that is where you know I'm I'm, I'm no businessman or, or anything like that, but I don't think anyone looking at the current setup from from the top down can 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 say that anything is working the way it should or as well as the way it should um i, I just um I, going back to John just what you were saying about you know the, the supporters that would say that we are you know they talk about the 90s and things like that they they, they maybe look at our generation and say you know we're, we're spoiled and um, you know saying about the yeah. you know the, the, the banners and, and, and protests and things like that but you got to remember back in the, the 90s there was banners and protests and perhaps exactly. the, the, the supporters of the generations of the 60s and 70s maybe saw those guys as spoiled and entitled We, we eyes don't, your eyes don't lie to you and it, it's it's Clear as day for me that there has to be a a, a written branch overhaul. Uh, pr- practically every department at Celtic. Um, the only thing I would maybe say that's um, that works pretty well is their their online delivery. You know the the superstore seems to function <laughs> quite well, but um, you know <laughs> anything anything apart from that. I mean, uh, it's it's there's there's no there's no forward planning like you say we, we, we never build. On a position for strength, and, I, and I, I'm not what to canonise Brendan here. I've been a bit critical of critic Brendan and the way the way things finished up, but you can understand. But I mean, he, he asked for John McGinn, and he got Malumba Kilmarnock, and you know it's Gordon Strachan asked for Stephen Fletcher, he got Willow Flood. It's it's just this, this refusal to build. To put like succession planning. Knew when Armstrong was leaving, Brendan wanted McGinn because he could see that was evidently the best talent coming through that was going to keep us where we were, way out of sight any rivals, either from Aberdeen or, or the other side. But we're always too content to rest on our laurels. This, this, this current setup it needs... And, and I hope that this Mackay, uh, from one of you, I, I really hope he is the one that does carry a wee bit of vision. You know, Fergus McCann is a visionary. I hope this guy, he'll never have that kind of level of impact. Of course, that no, no one could. Um, but he, he really has to make some big, big changes.
0: Yeah. Like, in, in, terms of, in, in terms of that as well, what boggles my mind, and this is a point I actually wanted to make last week, but it totally slipped my mind on the podcast, but I'll say today, apparently yeah. German <laughs> Desmond, he hasn't invested his own money in the club. In a, in a good few years, he hasn't actually dipped his pocket, dipped his hand in his own pocket. It's always been self efficient. The club's ran by itself. And this is a guy who actually helped pay O'Neill and Keane's wages in the Republic of Ireland team or the Ireland team. So you're looking at it going, if he can do that, why can he not sink three and a half million, four million pounds and get a good manager for Celtic? And an- another thing, a point I want to make as well before I throw it to you, John, this is a Dermot Desmond is also a guy who was meant to sit that time when Ronnie Davis was in Jordan and go, nah, this is not for me. He went and got their, uh, Brendan Rodgers, you know what I mean, the big bucks. And he seems to be so reluctant, him and all, of getting rid of Lennon. There, if, if Lennon didn't have Celtic, Lennon would have nothing because he's been sacked from Bolton and Hibbs. If you look at that, it's not a pretty impressive CV. Celtic are his only lifeline. I don't think, in my opinion, he'll get another job management when he leaves Celtic. He'll probably become a pundit like the rest of them. But John, what, what's your feelings towards Dermot Desmond? Do you think he's a plastic owner or do you think he gets involved?
1: I don't think he gets involved at all. I mean, we we don't know, obviously, uh, what level of involvement he has, but at least for the outside looking in, it doesn't seem to be the case. This guy's a majority shareholder, and like he says, he's not putting any money. He's a billionaire. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people understand just how much a billion is in terms of monetary value, but a couple of million is nothing in the grand scheme of things. And like he says, why no dip your hands in your own pockets to bring in uh, another big name manager instead of just relying on uh, the Celtics' aim uh, books and income that they're making, and the fans paying for everything, especially after a season like this. Something needs to be done, obviously. Um, again, I, I don't know what level of involvement uh, Dermot has, but I think he could do more. Uh, like I say, he mm-hmm. it just—he seems like he's a majority shareholder, uh, but he's handed the keys to Lull, uh and Lowell's sticking his nose in far too much. He should just focus. I've said this before just focus on the business end. Leave the the whole players signing and all that to a director of football or the manager. Don't don't get yourself involved because it's not your role. And like the yeah. and like you said as well, you're losing it to like Anthony says, McGinn. Losed, we lost McGinn, Fletcher, and you end up with what like that. <laughs> when you think about it, well, Flood
0: not it instead of Fletcher. Yeah, that brings back memories of that old firm game he played in. He, uh, he dropped McGinn and played Will and Flood didn't he and he crossed the ball in, and Scott McDonald missed a sitter, if memory serves me correct. But the the way the way I looked at, look at it as well, I don't. You bring up you bring up a fantastic point, Anthony, in terms of Armstrong. I don't think we've replaced him. I really don't. Armstrong give us something different, and you see it as Southampton now as well, because he plays on the right side of a, a narrow midfield for Southampton. But he's brilliant. He breaks the lines. He gets in the box, and all our midfielders and number tens come to feet. The only really player that I maybe. We'll think we'll, we'll replace him in the future, maybe Turnbull. But w- what do you think about that in terms of forward planning from the board? Do you think we've replaced Armstrong, players of that ilk? Even if you look at it as well, Dembele, I know we've got Edward, but, but we've no other striker. He seems to have to trust them.
2: Yeah, that's, that, that's the thing. Um, to, you're you're absolutely sponsored, Stephen. I don't think, and I think that that, that was part of Brendan's frustrations, um, the fact that we never, and listen, we're, we're, we're all realists here. We know that these guys aren't going to hang around forever. But and you know there's you know Stuart Armstrong is a very good player and um, and you know when you watch that the Invincibles um, DVD back you, just how many important goals he scored and um, runs that he made he was, you know he was he was a terrific player but yeah we, we've we've never replaced him I do signing Turnbull I must admit last the, the, you know it was really kind of gave me a bit of hope and hope that he does my my biggest worry is however if. If things continue to malaise and not change in the dugout, he'll maybe be like me you, know, you know, he was very close to signing for Norwich, um last summer before he ended up coming to us before the obviously or you know, the, the the situation with with his his injury. But I I even think even looking at the, the time of um you know when when Brendan's there and I know it's it's wrong to maybe, you know, keep harping back, but forget this wasn't a generation ago, this is only a few seasons ago. When having a, a a a persona like that in in the dugout makes players want to come. It's not it's not you know beyond the realms of possibility to sign players for nine million or get guys up from from England when you've got a character like that in the in in the dugout because you know he's going to make you a better player. Likewise with the young players coming through our own academy, you know. McGregor and the the guys that they, they stayed became mainstays. Some of the guys that we thought maybe would have left, you know, Rogic and whatever, a few years ago when they were in top forum all signed, you know, long term contracts because he bought in <laughs> to what he was trying to. do And I just think, you know, I, 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 and I would never ever sort of make an argument for reckless spending, but I really think. And, and, you know, and actually, fun, the, the ultimate the irony being we actually did spend big this summer um, and uh, we just uh, haven't seemed to have got value for our money but the, the, these players you you know that they're not going to be there for very long so any good scouting department or any top class manager would always have at the back of his mind right this is the person that we need to bring it through and McGinn was clearly scouted as, uh, as perhaps a short term Energy for Armstrong, but longer term to be Scott Brown's replacement. And if you've got a top manager that can see this, all he needs is a bit more support for the guys at the top. And yet it was the usual dithering, and uh, you know the, the the usual nonsense that we get from our chief executive, de facto director of football, that made them <laughs> just shrug his shoulders and go, "No, nah, you know what? I'm away down south."
0: Yeah, and it's 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 like as well. You look. You, you say then players like Lerogic was in top form and stuff. And sometimes, as, as the other week, he proved me right in that Submarine game. He, he was fantastic that game. But he beggars belief sometimes when he plays. And, and that right side of the diamond mean, it doesn't suit him because he, he doesn't track back. And he's not good at defending. And then if you switch Turnbull with him, then you're losing Turnbull's quality. Now, a player I want to move on to is Ryan Christie. We did see him doing uh, well. They're missing a few, a few chances. Now, my opinion on Christie and then off-road do is because I'm, I'm quite passionate about this. For me, Rand Christie will be gone in the summer. He divides opinion and when I watched him in that Dingwall game, not once did he look bothered that he missed them chances. It was more disbelief that he was so close to the goal, he put his hands in his head and he missed. There's, he gives away stupid fouls and there was one point, there was a pundit actually pointed out that Lennon was saying something to him and he'd almost look back at Lennon and be like, don't tell me what to do, I, I'm Rand Christie, do you know what I mean? It's for me, he's a huffy-type player, and if things don't go his way, the likes of Turnbull getting involved, he's took over the sad pieces. He, he doesn't like that, by obvious, by the looks of it. He misses him chances. and Then there was a point in the second half, he had a, a shot on the edge of the pucks, and I was like, smack it, get it in, smack it in the top corner. He hit it so tame. It was so tame. It just went into the keeper's arms. And you're going to yourself, you had a clear shot on goal. Just smack it as hard as you can, but he just went for the powder puff suit I don't, think, I don't think he will be a Celtic next season under a rebuild. They should cash in on him and as I said before, he wants to move to England anyway and I think his head's been turned. John, what is your opinion around Christie? Because I feel strongly about mine.
1: And I, I, I would agree with you in that sense. I mean, I know... We know what he's capable of. He's, he's had moments where he's produced pure magic and he's scored some important goals. But, yeah, I mean, this year he's just been a completely different player. Um, I don't think he's... I don't know why he's been started up front for a start. <laughs> um, I know that with the formation we're playing, you're sort of looking at what players do you drop, and he obviously feels that dropping a striker to play him up front is the best option, which shows you just, it just seems like, a, a, for lack of a better word, that how clueless Lennon is at the minute, and how, how, how void the ideas it is. I personally, I I agree. I don't think Christie's going to be there. Uh, I've not been impressed with him this year. It he, he doesn't look interested. Uh, that that game where he's five yards out and he, he's hitting the ball out, out no, not no, just over the goal, but out the stadium, like yeah. he actually hit it that badly that for five yards. I mean, and this is this is this is a guy that you've put up front. This is a guy that you've play, you're playing as a, in a striker role. Like, yeah. I'm not saying that. It's not happened to other strikers and other players and having had moments like that, but I just don't. I I I would agree with you. I just don't think it's there. He's 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 done it this season. He uh, doesn't seem to want to listen. He um, does seem quite huffy. Uh, it it sort of pulls rank when it comes to tumble in the set pieces. We've seen that uh, the other week, and I just uh, yeah. I, I mean I don't know. What, there's not much else I can really say other than that yeah, I agree
0: but- with you. What, what do you think, Arfley? What's your opinion on Ryan Christie?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, much the same, guys. And in the just before I, I in the run-up to coming on here, I thought, um, and knowing Christie was going to be a debate, though, I remembered last week on the, one of the the um the fan forums um, that I'm on, someone actually shared an article about Ryan Christie with um you know the the usual kind of the, the start, you know the facts and figures. It was titled "The Good, the Bad, and the Wildly Off Target." So you can imagine <laughs> you know the sort of the, how the, the tone of it. But there was two um, stats that really stood out for me. And it kind of just sums up. Then it's this season. Obviously, that this is from a couple of games ago. But up until, I think, date-wise, it would have been the Aberdeen game. His successful crossing rate was 18%. And his (laughs) stats in terms of a key pass was only one per game. One per game for a guy who's usually, uh, you know, he's a forward player, but he's usually either playing up front out of position or just behind the striker. Averaging one through ball or key pass a game, it's really it's not good enough for a, for a player who's, we all know, he, like you say, he's a talent. And, you know, the, the two goals, the semi-final and the final of the Scottish Cup, were just just shows you what he can do. And when you even look at his work rate uh, for the national team, I mean, he was absolutely magnificent that night in the playoff. You know, he sco- not only did he score the goal, but he's... His, his range of movement, he's, he's passing, it was all spot on. And like you say, he's, he, seems to, he doesn't seem to bring that for him, or he hasn't brought that for him to Celtic this season. And, he, you know, he's really, he's, he's someone, who, he, he kind of believes his own hype. Uh, uh, that's kind of the best way I could sort of sum him up. There's no mm-hmm. denying that Christie's a, a talented individual. But maybe that's the problem. He's, he's playing as an individual. And um, yeah, and the other thing as well, I don't, you, you were saying, that, you know, it's only one through ball a game that he's getting. His he's, he's decision making in the final third is, has been appalling um, this season. The, the, the amount of times there's been players in better positions, and he's opted to run into traffic or try and do a better, you know, skill. Aid, you know, he's he's a talented player, but he's 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 no Diego. Um, but I think, yeah. unfortunately, in his own head, I think he is.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think Anthony as well, you make a great point because in terms of the key passing and that's abysmal, what we did see which is a bit of great news actually for David Turnbull, in the under-23 category in Europe, he's the has, has key passes in Europe in terms of young players which is fantastic for a Scottish midfielder and a, a player who plays for Celtic, and that just shows you what can be done if you actually want to play for the club, if you actually want to give your all, you want to score goals, you want to chip in with effort, you want to track back and do your runs. For me, Christy, he his head does get massive. It does. It's huge. It's it's almost like, as you said, Anthony, his hype. is his and his hype, and his, it's just he believes it all the time, and he plays as an individual. You you see when certain player score goes, he, he barely celebrates, and he just looks a bit like, ah, I've been here about two three years. Maybe it's time for a new challenge. If he if he was one of the players I wanted to win, if if it was true, I would be like, right on the plane wherever you're going. I'll pay for it. See you later. he they, would they, be gone and it's like you have David Turnbull and he waited like six months to get a chance and look what he look at he's reduced in ten games he scored like seven goals and five assists or whatever it is and it's, it's a brilliant return and he's playing Christie up front just to fit him in It just
2: beggar's belief doesn't it? Especially when you've got three strikers on the bench Yeah, you, you know I mean I, I think not only uh, Neil but several managers Brendan and Cody to be fair sometimes they, they try and make our, our domestic game a little bit more complicated than it needs to be. I mean, I'm no, I'm no football manager or, or, or tactical expert by any means, but I don't, I don't think there's anything... You know, playing with two strikers up front domestically seems to be a bit of a no-brainer for me. And, it, and last season, it got the best out of, out of Eddie, who's, you know, our, you know the, the main man, as it were. I just... I, I and especially if you're only going to put, if you're going to insist on playing Christie, at least actually play him in his actual position, you know, don't, don't play him up front. He's, he's not a striker. You know, you're you're just, I I don't understand this insistence of, you know, it's the old analogy, you know, square pegs and round holes. It's the same with, with, you know, the guys at the back and, and it just, just play your players in their best positions. I mean, I'm yeah. maybe making it sound easier than it probably is, but you know, there's times somehow, if you can call it a system, it, it's, it's baffling to me and it clearly is baffling the players as, as, the, as the results are showing. Well,
0: what's what's the, the famous phrase now this season? Lanny Ball equals chaos I mean, that's very, very evident in the, the games we're watching. And another thing just to touch upon the Ross County game that I failed to mention I didn't make any runs at all that I can do off into the opposition half, and I think John Hughes played that perfectly, to be honest. Because once they stopped there, there was no real threat, like penetration coming from our midfielder up front. And John, what does that actually signal to you that Ayer is our potential only outball in our team that gets up the pitch and tries to make stuff happen?
1: I think this. I, I think it. Uh, I mean, the fact that uh, you're looking at a centre half and and him not being brought into the game uh, from an attacking perspective is somehow stifling our, our ability to to create chances is bewildering, but. I think it lends itself to the, the way the team's set up and this I mean Rogers obviously came in, uh, he brought in their completely fresh ideas started playing more possession based football working it out for the back moving up. up uh, and we saw in that Invincible season how the, the teams didn't know how to deal with it um, and the players that we had were creating chances, we were creating space um, and we were scoring for fun and they, they, obviously, the subsequent seasons have started to catch on a wee bit, and I think that that's there's still remnants of that, uh, the Rogers' uh, mentality and how you play foot, the possession-based football and the passing-based football, um, in that team. Uh, and then you're bringing in Lennon, uh, who has his own ideas, and you're trying to shake that out of them. And it it, it just looks like there's just a whole load of confusion. Yeah, but. I think that that Ayer's involvement still lends itself to that position, but working out for the back. Um but I think it's we, and this goes back to what we said before, how, how badly Celtic are missing wide players. Yeah. as an outball. And I think we need to do something we bring that back. I know you can say we've not got the wide players at the minute. See if you're insistent on playing Christie. Like Anthony says, play him in his natural position. Like you need to yeah. change the formation so that you can allow that to happen. Yeah. Don't that that. I just said I don't get it, and I I don't know what the situation with Michael Johnson is. Is he injured again? Like, cause I
0: don't have a clue.
1: He he's came back, match, was he? Nah. Um. He came back. Uh. He's a he, 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 right. Okay. He's maybe not as big and as strong as maybe we'd like, but he's creative. Uh. He brings something different to the team. He likes to run at a player. He can beat his man. He's he's good with the ball at his feet. And that that's a wide player that you've got uh, that, that's a, a, an additional out ball as well. It's like, why are we stagnating? Why are we no, why are we just, we seem so focused on just rotating all these players in and out of positions and it, it, we're just, be, we're so predictable. And that, I think that's yeah. the problem. And like you said, you're playing players out of position. You're playing the same football week in, week out. We need change. There's nae, There's nothing fresh happening. There's nothing new happening. We, 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 like as 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 we have done for years, we dominate possession. But what good is that if you're not actually doing anything in, uh, in the final third? If your final balls, if if it's not hitting the back of the net, you're not creating space. Yeah. Then all that position counts for nothing. And these teams are, they, they know exactly how to play against it now and defend against it. They've been doing it for years now. And
0: let's see. See, as you said, John, sorry to interrupt, but see as you uh, said there about Jansen, what we've seen as well, he did actually come on a few games when we started playing the Diamond, and he'd done the exact same thing with Johnson. They've, they tried to play him when he came on in a centre-attack and midfield road, that's not Johnson's position. If you're going to bring him on, change for Mason, do you know what I mean? If, exactly. As you said, as, as actually Anthony said as well, it's a uh, square pegs and round holes. A brilliant analogy, by the way, Anthony. <laughs> I could barely get it out of my mouth saying that. But it's it's like, it, it's like, you, you bring on Johnson, who is fast, he's quick, he takes players on, he cuts in from the left, hits his shot, gets in the box, and then you have him in the centre of the pitch, where he's going to get out-muscled and out-fought, but that brings me actually towards the, the, the moving forward point in, in, in the programme. In the final eight games of the season, or I think it's nine, eight or nine, or whatever it is, we'll have to play Rangers twice. Now, would you, I'll, I'll throw this to you Anthony. would you only play the players going forward that you know is going to be our next season, or would you keep the status quo, even if that means getting against Rangers with young players in the squad because at the moment there's nothing to lose.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a tough one to, to you know. A lot of the, the players you can quite clearly see have kind of down tools anyway. Stephen, I'm I'm probably still of the opinion trying and, try and put your best eleven out on the park. Um, whether that you know, obviously, forum would have to come down to that as well. Um,
1: ah, one, that, that, uh, that, that, what is the best
2: eleven? Well, that, that's <laughs> you know, that's that a that's a million dollar question, mate. Um, what 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 I would say though is, in terms of the the, the wide player, and, and I thought this was and, and this I, I know he's he's young. There's no way he could be put in, and and uh, you know for a prolonged period it would only have been short starts. But I did think this season um, was pro- possibly the perfect chance at the start to have perhaps introduced um, young Dumbelli and for a couple yeah. of games at the start uh-huh. because obviously without the, the, you know we all know ourselves the biggest um, the, the players that get the most stick for the crowd at Parkhead are traditionally the wingers, you know your Maloney's, your McGee's. you know because a all, lot all of the time just and even um, recently I mean James Forrest probably still gets the most stick for the crowd Whereas I thought a young guy like Dembele he's clearly a bag of tricks and he's clearly a talent I thought, well, when there's nobody in the cr- in, in the ground, maybe that's a perfect chance to go and express himself a wee bit. Um, but, uh, I know there's obviously talk about his attitude as well. that Maybe plays a big part, but his attitude off the off the park can't really be any worse than some of the players on it at the minute. Um, I'll probably off in a wee kind of tangent there, Stephen. Apologise. No. Um, in no. terms of for the rest of the season, you know, I think. If you can generate, oh god, I, I really don't know. Do you know that it's? I'd still just <laughs> pick, 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 the, pick the, the team is, is and, and kind of hope for the best. That's that's really that's that's how bad it's got. You know, we're, we're still in yeah. the, the, you know, we're still in February, and we're talking about just get a season over with. Uh, I think. Well, I, I think, think because we don't anticipate any changes in the dugout. It's just going to be the same with the the players on the park as well. It'll be rotation, rotation, rotation way you know, you'll have one good game and every four or five decent result but there's very little to get about
0: Yeah, no. I mean, the way you brought up um, Dembele and stuff, that's perfect because I think it's a shame that we're going to let Dembele just fizzle out and leave something for free and it's, it's the same for me with um, Armstrong Ogleflex and he defies the pinion because a lot of people think he's a supposer but you don't know until you give these young players a chance. I mean, he's a, a winger. We're getting from Arsenal's academy. He must have something about him. But in terms of uh, moving forward, John, would you just stick with naming the best team, or would you just start to hand players appearances who will be, you know, will be there next season? I mean, who's who is going to be there next season? <laughs> On the real thing, <laughs> probably. I don't know. new contract.
1: It could <laughs> be everybody. Uh, it could. It could be none of them. I, I mean. I think at this point, no knowing where we stand in terms of Lennon's position uh, sort of means that regardless of what we do between now and the end of the season, it's not going to matter. Because whoever comes in after him is going to have to be quick in terms of sussing out what he wants to do in terms of formation uh, and getting a team out and, and sticking with it and try get them to jail. Um, we, yeah. you, you could, I, I want us to see us try something different uh, tactically, I'd like to see us move back to uh, having wingers. Uh, I would try and use the likes of Michael Johnson, like you says, even between now and the end of the season, try give give them barely a chance, Cause, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, like you says, Anthony, you can talk about his attitude, um, but I mean this 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 boy's been punching above his weight. He came into the uh, into the Celtic setup, been playing well in higher age groups. He's he's obviously capable, um, and we've seen in the glimpses we have seen him that there's a player there and mm-hmm. at this point like okay maybe maybe he's attitude off the park but that might come down to him. maybe he's frustrated at the fact that he's not getting chances he's, he's maybe been promised stuff that he's not getting either he, did you know just sign a, a contract no, well, a couple of years ago like what was he promised yeah, then like exactly. M- maybe nothing's come to fruition he might have been told we might even get you in loan we've not done that we don't know what the situation is uh, yeah. and uh, I mean, players can get frustrated when things don't happen uh, as maybe they were intended or promised. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I would, I guess, uh, try, just maybe even try change the formation. Go four four two. 4 2 try four three three. man. Uh, fuck it. Like, what difference does it make at this point? Just, exactly. we need to do something different to throw teams off because they know exactly what to expect for us at the minute. Uh, and, like...
0: As you said, John, in terms of the young players, if you think about it in reality, Stephen Wells has only got a chance by accident because the rest of our centre defenders are absolutely abysmal this season. All the he's racing, been one the best players since he
1: came in. Exactly.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you don't know what's going on with Dembele, Oko Flex, even Ewan Henderson, and then this call back Scott Robertson and then sent him away again. You, you have to think, as you said, change that formation up, get the get wingers on, and 4-3-3, free, free, just go for it, try and win the games the, from now till the end of the season, try something different. I only hope that the, our new potential manager is sitting somewhere, getting notes on pieces of paper, this is what I want to do, this is what's going to happen, and Mackay's helping them. I hope that's the plan, because if it's not, and we go in with Neil Lennon next, next season, oh, I, be, I actually, I, I dread to think, and I know I'm qu- being quite cynical, but you have to think of it. You've seen the sayings last season in the League Cup final against Rangers. they dominated us. We won by a fluke. And it's hard for people to say it, but it's true. I and mean, then you fast forward this season where they've completely cleaned up, especially against us as well. And if we go into next season with Lennon with no ideas, no tactics, and the same John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan, it's going to be a carry-on roadshow. And the, the way I look at it as well, if you look at our recent signing, our Liam Shaw, he still hasn't even been formally announced. And when Lennon was asked about him, he, he said he can't make a comment you just don't have a clue where this club is going, what, what, what they're aiming for or who they're trying to bring in and anytime time you feel like something's going to happen, it gets pulled from under your feet and it, it just beggars belief Anthony, and I know we, we, we touched upon it in terms of what we do with the team, but what would you do with the management team from the end of the season, can, can they stay, can, can they keep their position and then keep their position next season it's just, it can't
2: happen yeah, it's just that it's a it's a comedy roadshow, Stephen. The only the only fact is that there's not a funny joke to go with it. Um, the I must admit, I, I, what I would if it, were, if it were up to me, it would have been gone. You know, a long time ago, like we touched on. I I just don't see the, the, the people above them seem to not be in any way looking at doing anything like that. So. Well, might be wasting our breath in terms of talking about what what would we do with the yeah. with, with, with the actual team. It, it, absolutely, it cannot in any way be next season. That that would be because yeah. the thing is, I mean, you, you can't take in away from from Rangers this season they, they have been very consistent, but they are a bang average. This is this is not the generation of the Van Broncos and the the De Boers and the Negri's. or anything yeah. like I mean This is a you know, they're a very very average team, being made to look like superstars because because we can't any sort of forum going and um, yeah I'd, I'd like you say the the, the warning signs were there at the league cup final you know, last year and, we, and but we, we did seem a um you know, go over those with you came back for the winter break and we, we had a real. Vain a forum and they just capitulated last year, and um, I was I was very confident going into the game at Ibrox um, before the you know obviously the pandemic um, shut everything down. But this this season, it's just it's, it's just a case of it just goes to show it, it really goes to show the difference that a top manager can make. Um, Neil for Fur- 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 you know, his likeable quality, he's likable qualities. He's he's not out the top drawer. Is he? I mean, I was actually with the guys on the forum the other day I says if you take a car, use a car that is a Vols Royce. He's out of the top drawer. What he did before Celtic and after Celtic, he's, a, he's, he's a, a very decent Nissan Micra. There's nothing wrong with a Nissan Micra. Sure. It's a well resourced <laughs> one. And it should, and it's one that's had an MOT in it, and it's, it should be able to get the job done. And yet, incredibly, he's allowed himself to be overlapped by. A Robin reliant with two flat tyres, driven by a guy <laughs> that's essentially what it's like. It's it, and it's so destroying to watch. You know, if you didn't laugh, you'd cry. You know, it's it's that yeah. bad. He, he, yeah. You know, we'll, we'll always um, be thankful for everything he's done at the club. But he, 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 you know, we're, we're probably going to say this a, a lot, but between now and end of season, it just has to go. It has yeah. to go. Absolutely. Definitely. Well,
0: Anthony. Hopefully- you, you you do bring up some good points there, but we'll look quickly ahead to the game we have come up because unfortunately we have another one coming up quite soon on Saturday against Aberdeen again. <laughs> I'll Go throw this that. to you, John. <laughs> I'll throw this to you, John. First, what do you expect from this game? Does the same old same old type thing?
1: I yeah. Um. I mean, you want to be confident. You you want to obviously say that I'm expecting the team to win, and uh, I expect us to do that. Aberdeen haven't been great recently. No. Um, so maybe that works in our favour getting into this bit that loss there to Ross-, Ross County just shows you just how frail we are defensively and Aberdeen are more than capable of scoring they've got the players to do that so it's, uh, I mean I want to say obviously I I, I feel that we're going we're gonna to get a result we'll win uh, but it's just it's, you, you don't know at this stage and, and, and that that's the sad thing
0: yeah
2: what, what about you how's your feeling going into this game uh, yeah, I mean, both kind of much the same as it was. I mean, that's, it's a weird thing, you know, playing the same team twice in the same competition, you know, very close together. You know, obviously yeah. since we played them, um, you know, Aberdeen have scored a goal, um, which, uh, yeah. you know, they hadn't done in the five games previous. And funnily enough, it was one of the few, the Aberdeen game was one of the few games where I wasn't overly panicked about them going forward, despite John saying, guys like Kimberry and and you know players like that can can, can create something out of nothing." I, I, in my, and on a good day, I would like to think of a reaction, um, and you know we'd go out there and we'd really stamp our authority on the game, and you never know it might happen, but I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> for for me, it's
0: I've said it before. Get into these games. As A Celtic supporter being worried about a result against Aberdeen at home is just an epitome of how far we've fallen this season. That for me, even before any other questions about Lenny's future, just points to he needs to go. Because if you're if you're worried worried about getting a result at home, it's against any team really in the SPL, you're going to yourself, What's going on here? I think the aberdeen as you said, have scored a goal. I think Colin Henry scored He's on He's alone from St. Johnson. So that's a, that's a go for him on his, on his loan deed anyway. Aberdeen, as we discussed last time on the podcast when we were playing them, they do have some forward threat with Johnny Hayes, Flo Canberry, Hornby, Matty Kennedy and stuff like that. But I think it'll be very much the same because we, I don't know why, but we always seem to get the better of Aberdeen most of the time, most of the time anyway against Darren McInnes' teams. So in terms of that, I'll go to you, Anthony, first for this. Have you got a predicted team lineup?
2: Um, yeah, I, I jotted one down um, last night, Stephen, in an advance, uh, and you know, d- d- you know, before having the wee chat, and know we always do that the yeah. lineups at the end. Um, I must admit, um, I'm so I've started. It's, I've, I'm assuming um, that you know Taylor's injury looked pretty. Didn't look great on Sunday? So I've went with Bain and goals and a back four, a Laxalt, Welsh, Ayer, and and Kenny. I think that sort of team that the back four sort of picks itself at the minute. Mm. Um, my my midfielders um, were Sorrow, McGregor, Turnbull and Christie. However, on the course of this chat, I've binned Christie and I'm going to put uh, belly to the right wing, see what he can do. Um, that obviously won't happen. But, you know, if it was up to me, I'd stick him in. And um, I would go up front with two strikers, um, Eddie, obviously, and, you know, and I'd let a Yeti get some game time as well because he's one of the kind of players. Um Ross touched on this a couple of um episodes ago. He says, you know, when he you know, to coin the phrase, burst onto the scene. Uh, he was a bit, you know, around a bit of Gary Hooper. I was like, oh he's right. That's that's absolutely um who made me off at the start of the season, that kind of kind of predator instinct, but he's he's you know, his physique is that of that kind of player that he needs to be playing regularly, <laughs> and although he's no exactly set the heather on fire sort of since he came back into the team, maybe except for the, the away game in Lille um, he's he's not necessarily done anything wrong either. Which and it frustrates me why he's always the first sort of the attacking um options to get brought off but when he does start. Um, the season's gone, the season is gone, uh, and there's a chance that uh, yeah he's probably of, of you know there's a case to be made for none of them getting kept on next year but you assume that um eddy will obviously be a way that Eddie would play a more prominent role. So I'm like, you know, give them the game time now. You know but what what is getting worse I say baby but um just go with strikers, what's the worst that can happen?
0: Exactly. Exactly. What about you John? What have you went for?
2: Uh, pretty much the
1: same. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if, we, if because we lost that game, Bain's out. They'll uh, toss a coin to see if, if Barkas or uh, Hazard will start. Uh, I, I think it'll be Bain, uh on the side. Kenny, Ayer, Welsh, Laxalt, who actually, you know, and, and I've been, I said in previous podcasts as well, I think Laxalt's a player. Uh, yeah, and it's unfortunate does. what happened to Taylor, but I think as abysmal as we were, Laxell didn't look bad. No. On Sunday. Um he, he's definitely more attack minded than defensive minded, absolutely. And this is another thing, uh, just sorry, just before I finish can you the lineup. The use him as a winger, utilise him as a winger. We're four yeah, he's four played two. Her before. play him, nah, play him on the left. Do you know what I mean? Like not. Yeah, he's definitely an not, option. Then.
0: Just a, yeah, sorry, I just wanted to get that out. Um, no, you are 100% right because he has played there. I think he's played there for um, Uruguay a few times and I think he played for Ziona on the left wing as well. Uh huh. So I mean, he he has he's capable of
1: doing there. it. He, he, yeah. It, we, uh, and I mean, if you've seen, I think like any player that signs for Celtic, if if you're not 100% sure on who they are, you'll check clips of them uh, playing games how, to, to see what kind of yeah. player they are. And through and what I've seen, for um I mean, yeah. Apparently, he had, a, he had a, he was really good. That the
0: was it the World Cup? I
1: think he was. He, yeah, he was, where, quite,
0: he was named in the team of the team of the team of the tournament there as well. So,
1: yep. Um, and then you look at him for the the appearances he made for Milan. He, he looks he looks like a he looks like a player. So it's just an option. Uh, obviously, but again, we don't pick a team, do we? Um, so, <laughs> no. <laughs> I think it'll be likes out uh, finishing the back four. I think Sorrow will come in. Um, Tumble, McGregor. <sighs> I I want to drop Chris. I I, I don't. I wouldn't play Christie the rest of the year, unless nah, it was I off the no bench. Um, I wouldn't start him though. Uh, play Rogic. Um, and I really and I, I think as many Celtic fans are probably in the same boat. Edward Hisney had a chance this season to jail with any other strikers because Harry White's been rotated. If we're not playing a midfielder up front. If he's not up there himself, uh, he's getting bits and bobs of games with Clamalla and Ayeti. Um he's never had a few ninety to properly gel with anybody. Uh, and we know the only player we have got in that team we know he plays well with uh is Griff. Uh, so it surprises yep. me that he's not starting more, uh, with the two up front. So I'm just I'm I'm gonna uh, cross my fingers and say Griff isn't Eddie up front. He start.
0: I've won. I've for Bain and goals, even though we'll probably get an emergency loan deal in for a new keeper, no one's at Kenny, Welsh, Iyer, Laxalt, Judith Lindsay to Taylor. I think Brown will come back. Um, Rodriguez will start on the right side of the diamond with McGregor. But we'll see McGregor, he's he's a bit of a, a conundrum to me. Yes, he's so consistent and he, he is usually a 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10, but he needs a rest sometimes, you know what I mean? He's played continuously the last three. Uh, three or four seasons under Rogers and Lenny. So there might be a case for him to be rested, but I think he'll start. I've gone with Turnbull at the point of the diamond and then up the top I've went for Edward and a Yeti. So that's my lineup. We'll move on to um score predictions. I'll go to <coughs> you, John. What's your score predictions plus your goal scores? What, what have you gone for?
1: Based on my lineup I'm going one nothing in Griffiths.
0: No problem. Anthony what about yourself?
2: Well, I think we'll end on a, a, a bit of positivity. I think, I've, I've, you know, it's been a... We've we'll, we'll talked a lot about seven that's going on. I'm I'm going to go for a, a big win. I'm going to go... I'm, I'm going to say four. Uh, four-nil. Um, I think we'll go two for Eddie. And, um, yeah, maybe a, um, a Yeti might prove his fourth as well. Two, two apiece for our two strikers. No worries. Fingers I, crossed, I mate. For, Throw that one you know, at him. <laughs> I'm, oh, I've gone for I'm throwing it on
0: a <laughs> I've gone for two one to Celtic I've gone for Turnbull to score one and Rodgers to score the other. So I don't think the strikers will score. That's just based on purely the scoma who's gonna score the goals, really. I don't I think Turnbull's a good goal threat if he's better at the point of the diamond and Rodgers can sometimes drift in and score you a cracker into the bottom left corner. That's what I've gone for. But in terms of the the segment, guys, that's us, Finneys. It's been a a quite passionate one today and I've really enjoyed it. And I do thank John again for coming on. He's our uh, regular contributor. So, John, thanks very much for that. And in terms of Anthony, I hope you're on the show again because some of your points you made were fantastic. Have you enjoyed your time on the show?
2: Absolutely. Loved it, Stephen. Uh, But thanks to the two of you for for, for having me on. From the minute, John um, sort of suggested, you know, that this was potentially going to happen off being absolutely buzzing to get on and just the way that the guys have, that have previously been on as well it's just when you're lasting it back it's just it sounds it just sounds really really good and i was uh i must admit i was a nervous wreck before coming on because uh i thought i hope i don't uh, sort of let the side down but no um i've had an absolutely brilliant time and um yeah happy to come back on any time um i'm needed yeah so thank oh, you
0: it's been fantastic. I think this podcast is probably our most passionate one we've had with all the points we've covered and I think it'll go down well with the followers and I do appreciate both views coming on and John again I said every week, but you're working the YouTube side of things and Spotify. If I didn't have that, the, the channel couldn't grow. So that's fantastic from your part. I do appreciate it. But no I wanna thank the I wanna thank the guys as well for who here are watching. All our views are building up and uh Instagram's getting bigger, Twitter's getting bigger, and so is YouTube. We're picking up subscribers every other day, which is fantastic. And also there'll be new guests coming on in the coming weeks. And we've started a Celtic Rewind um, podcast, so basically covering things from the past that made us happy. I've actually just done one today. It was about us ironically snapping 10 in a row. So that'll be quite uh, tasty to listen to when it comes out. Hopefully this week sometime, John will sort that out. But thanks, guys. And in the meantime, until I speak to you all again, stay safe and keep well. Hail, hail.